Hey everyone, welcome to Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. I'm Steve. I'm Erica. And today we're doing a Halloween-themed double feature with Rob Zombies 31 and Trick or Treat. So, enjoy. Now you may think you see a grease-painted reformer sitting before you, but trust me, I'm not here to brighten your dismal day. I am here to end your miserable life. You know, all in all, you've had a pretty good run. Deep down inside, you must have known. You digging what you see, Pops? I reckon I do. <laughs> it all had to end somewhere. Might as well be now. What the hell is this? Tonight, we are going to play 31. And all you have to do is survive 12 hours of our own private hell. We're going to start out with Rob Zombies 31. It was released in 2016. It was the first crowdfunded film that Rob Zombie has done and the only one to date so far. Um, it stars Sherry Moon Zombie. As always. As, fuck, what was her name? I'm terrible with fucking names. Charlie. Yeah, it stars Sherry Moon Zombie as Charlie, who, and a bunch of other people. Fuck. Hold you on. got, hold on, you got it, Meg Foster. It follows uh, a bunch for, of carnies, don't it? Yep. Isn't, right, that's it's what they a are. bunch of... Carnies, yeah. yeah, it follows a group of carnies who are traveling, and they end up getting kidnapped, kidnapped by a group of... Victorian aristocrats? Yeah. <laughs> that's, re- that's really the best way to put it. <laughs> You're um, pretty much the fucking Illuminati. Yeah, they have this uh, warehouse-type setting where every year they kidnap a group of people and try to get them to survive for 12 hours against these group of killers. Um, we like to call them... The heads. Nobody, <laughs> yeah, nobody has survived to this point, so they end up going against these carnies. And Sherry Moon Zombie comes out on top, and then doesn't come out on top, I think. Well, uh, we don't know that for that's sure. That's why I said I think. But we'll right, get right, into yeah, it. we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said before, it's the first crowdfunded film by Rob Zombie. I remember when uh, they released when he released that first image, and it was just like the clown face, and nobody knew what the fuck this movie was going to be. And it was like he started crowdfunding for it, but there was no details on it. And you know, it's Rob Zombie, so everybody's like, "Yeah, we're fucking in." <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was kind of expecting like a John Wayne Gacy type thing, just because the clown that he used for the promo, like it looked like the John Wayne Gacy makeup, but which are really none of them really looked like legitimate. Clowns. Clown. Well, yeah. no, later on they do come, like, clown-esque people mm. with chainsaws. Wielding chainsaws come in. But um, I think that this movie was super successful. It was a really fun watch. Um, and, like, I was sucked in right from that opening scene that was in black and white of um, Doomhead. Doomhead, Doomhead, yeah. Doomhead talking. Um, and kind I of like no fucking clown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a really cool scene, and I think that the choice of putting it in black and white was a really powerful one. 
Uh, I think it made everything just like grittier and edgier and uh, much darker. And, and I just, uh, I, I, I literally could not look away from the screen because it was just like a, a close-up of his face and he was just talking to a man that he was about to kill. And he's pretty much just telling him like, you're going to die. That's that. That's what's going to happen. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Don't beg. Don't, no. <laughs> you're just going to die. It's fine. Um, it was just a really fucking cool scene. It was really cool, and, and it was very simple, but but very successful. Yeah. Yeah, Doomhead totally stole this movie for me, um, which is funny because Richard Brake was, uh, he was in Halloween 2, Rob Zombie, and he had, like, literally a small, meaningless part as, like, one of the morgue drivers. So to, to see him in a more leading role... And to see what he could do literally blew me away. Like, what Rob Zombie created with Doomhead to me is what, like, the next uh, fucking Otis, you know, mm-hmm. with that character. Like, I was thinking Captain I mean, Spaulding. Like, yeah, it's like, like more it's Captain more Spaulding. Spaulding. One or the other. I mean, it just, the, his performance was seriously phenomenal. Like, I, I enjoy this movie, but I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if it wasn't for Doomhead. Like, to the point where I need to get him tattooed on me. How did you feel about, um... Sexy Tommy Pickles up in this bitch? That was creepy, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, so, like, every five uh, seconds, I was like, oh my god, it's like listening to the Rugrats. Mm, yeah, when dirty. she screams, oh. it sounds like Tommy Pickles throwing it's a tantrum. So yeah, well, yeah, for anybody listening, we're talking Elizabeth Daly, uh, she plays Sex Head. She and also she plays did, Tommy Pickles. Yeah, she did the voice of Tommy Pickles on Rugrats yeah. and also uh, Buttercup oh, on uh, Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Buttercup. But, um... <laughs> it's also, Tommy Pickles is so obvious, though. Like, when you listen it's to her... Exactly. It's like It's like a slightly less feminine well, Tommy she was Pickles, on, uh, Or slightly more feminine Tommy Pickles voice. Is she was in The Devil's voices. Rejects, too, and it's I think that's just her regular voice. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's the like, same you thing. You know it really is. It's super creepy, <laughs> and, like, and I was just um, like, oh, no, this is ruining my childhood just a little bit. I like how I like how everything's set up in this movie, too. Like, you have her who was sent in to, like, scope out the group at first yeah. to see, like, do you, like she went in and she's like oh do you have any guns like are you guys going hunting like totally like if you're just a, yeah. a fucking regular guy like it's not gonna raise a red flag us watching the movie we're like oh, okay this is pretty fucking smart <laughs> but if you're just some dude and some girl's like hey what are you guys doing going hunting and you're going on a hunting trip yeah <laughs> they're like nah man and she's like you guys don't have any guns like you know she feels them out to make sure that they're a safe target mm. um which it's also cool, um, the scene where they get abducted because it's like there's like what like is it like scarecrows in the road or something? Like there's something in the road blocking them scarecrows, and yeah. driving. And the one guy's like, You gotta go out and move those and they're like, Nah and in my whole time I'm like, Don't get the fuck out of yes, that car. Are you car, stupid? Drive out. through them, you're yeah. gonna be fine. But they got out of the car and it was like instantly. I was really like uh the the opening scene in this movie with Doomhead, I was like really super sucked in and then it had the scene with the whole group where it was kind of introducing them in the van and I got total like Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes like the group in the you van you can tell that that's and a then, huge uh, inspiration for Rob Zombie in general he definitely, in general yeah he, he definitely like he, when he when it comes to horror he does do a lot that are based in like the 70s um, era and it's just like you can do like he he's perfected making it feel authentic. He, that exactly. Era. That's the and one thing. Yeah, it's, it's That's crazy. the thing that I like about Rob Zombie and what I like about his movies in general is that, like you said, 
he he sets them up to take place in like in the seventies, but it's not. You know how like you see movies nowadays where they take place in the seventies, but they just feel so modern. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he knows how to make the yes, film and everything. He just manipulates everything and so well and worn. Like nothing, like everything's just like a little, like the colors a little off. The way that the he films is a though, off, but it's so crisp at the same time. It's crazy. The way that he films though, and I think we talked about this in uh, the Devils episode, is that he just like he can make you get that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I've I've said this several times that movies that kind <laughs> of give you that anxiety and give you that build up and like really suck you in because they're giving you these like actual feelings. They just do so much better, for me anyway, as as a true horror film. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, you can have gore and you can have the jump scares. And yes, they do work. They're great tactics. But I feel like the, the true meaning of, like, a horror movie is something that, like, gets in your head. And mm-hmm. it gets under your skin. And it's unforgettable. And I feel like Rob Zombie executes that so well. As- and especially in this movie, I think... That it had a little more of um, that that suspense, that anxiety-ridden, like... And I don't know what exactly well, it is what, about that's this. That's where I was going with it. But, like, um, when it introduced the characters in the van, I was kind of, like, set off to it. Because, it, to me, it was, like, a typical, like, over-the-top, vulgar Rob Zombie characters. And it's like, I really don't fucking care. Like, it, give me something new. Which, not to shit on Rob Zombie at all. Like, it, it works. But it's just... To me, like, he did this to step away from the Firefly family thing, and he kind of, like, introduced the same exact, like, tone, like, personality of people. So, I I was kind of like, alright, like, I hope that this isn't exactly how the movie is, but then after they get kidnapped and they're strung up, it's, and it's you have, um... It's an original yeah, idea. Yeah, and you have fucking, uh, Malcolm McDowell... And he comes out and he's like explaining the rules and they're strung up and I'm like right then and there I'm like fuck and like Sierra and I were watching this and like on the edge of our seats like glued to the fucking TV yeah. like what is gonna ha- <laughs> like what is gonna happen and it really did too like you didn't get a sense throughout the movie that one character was stronger than the other mm-hmm. they did a good job of making all of the victim they characters. Of they have a strength of some sort. So it did a great job because you didn't expect who was going to die next. You didn't know the, who it the wasn't, weakest link was. Yeah, it wasn't, okay, this person's definitely going to be the person mm-hmm. who survives. I mean, Sherry Moon, I had a feeling, was going to be the survivor yeah, at the end of the movie. Yeah. But You can't kill her. She's too much of a babe. <laughs> I know. She's eye candy. She's pretty. But, Which uh, I think tripped me out a little bit because in the Firefly family uh, series you're used to her not being a victim at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I guess in a, in a she, way but she, she kind of is. But she conquers it so fucking quickly, though. Yeah. Like, in this movie, she goes from victim to, like, fuck you. No. Uh-huh. Like, I got this, you know? And and uh, she makes that transition really quickly. I just, honestly, I think as far as modern horror goes and modern directors go, I think that Zomb- Rob Zombie's top of the list. Number one modern horror director, in my opinion, because... These other people, it's, like, so big in paranormal world right now. Everything's paranormal in some way. And Rob Zombie just goes sl- full slasher with, like, the majority of his movies. And it's but he does killer. it so much better. Yeah, he does. It's, and it's not like, it's not like you know, Friday the 13th or, or Halloween where it's just like, oh, there's a killer. He's got a mask. He's got a knife. He's going to kill everybody. They're going to be all, like... It's it, such a he, unique idea. He always brings in unique shit and, and changes, like, a, a story that you think you're going to know, you know? Yeah, no, it, it is. He always brings, like, unique shit 
to the table. It's not stereotypical. And that's what I loved about this. Like, the second that Malcolm McDowell, McDowell's character, uh, like, introduced the game and they woke up in the warehouse and just basically, like, survive. You know, I was like, this is fuck... I said this year, too. I was like, this them, is... Like, it wasn't something either where they made them just total victims. They gave them a fighting chance. Like, yeah. they all had weapons. And I said to Sierra, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, this is such a cool concept. And I could see it being, like, it could be something that could be built into a franchise. I hope it doesn't. I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel because, you know, like, if he did something, like, with the Firefly family where it was something different for each movie, but it was the same general idea. But I could see it as having a sequel. I could see it as a haunted house. Mm-hmm. I could see it as that like that would be a cool yeah. Universal Knights thing. I could see it as like a <clears throat> video game. Like there's so much you could do to explore. Oh yeah, this. you were talking about that when we watched yeah. it. You're like, this would be the fucking best video game. Yeah, like there's so much you could do to explore this like world, and it's crazy because it's such a small environment. It's not even like it's this big open world to explore. It's like one thing that you're like you could do so much with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. I couldn't get enough of this movie watching it. It, it totally... I recommend it to, to just about anybody unless, like, vulgarity really gets you, but it it seriously is just, like, a really well-made horror film. Like, that's what it is. You're going to watch it. It's going to make you feel scared. It's going to have blood, mm-hmm. guts, gore. Uh, it's going to have fuck yous, you know, any, like, sex, whatever. It, <laughs> it's, like, everything, you know? But nothing is pushed to the point where you're going to be like... Okay, this is just you're just doing it for shock. He, I, I honestly feel like it was pretty tame in comparison to stuff that Rob Which Zombie is crazy has done because in the past. he's considered he mm-hmm. considers it the most brutal movie that he's put yeah. out. I think brutality wise, yeah, I think that there was like a lot more death and like the the death scenes were more brutal. But like, I feel like he focuses a lot on nudity and and and, and the language. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this movie in that aspect was a little bit. I think that that's just the shock value, though, and I think that it's something that's very much Rob Zombie. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if you had a movie and it had Rob Zombie's name on it and you didn't have titties and a lot of fuck yous, you'd be like... (laughs) He's not not going for a PG-13 rating like everybody else is. No, exactly. Everybody aims for that PG-13. I think Rob Zombie wants to get R worse. I've said it before, and I'll repeat myself again. Rob Zombie, to me, is... Rob Zombie, to me, is an indie filmmaker that just, like, he does what he wants to do. But he just excels at it so well, you know what I mean? And this is my thing, too, like, with um, with this movie especially. He's very, very good at character development without giving you these huge backstories. Mm-hmm. Or going in-depth about each person in a specific way, you know what I mean? And even this, I felt like this movie, there's so many moving parts and there's so many characters in this movie. And even like minor characters, I felt that there was enough development for them to make sense on why they were there. And I I just like, I commend him for that because Mm -hmm. I think that so many times horror movies lose sight of character development and why that's important. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing too, is that like adding on to what you were saying about how even the minor characters, like there was a reason why they were there. They weren't just thrown in, you know? Um, it's like each when in this maze situation that they were in, where they were being killed and hunted, each person had a had had 
something, whether it was to help the next person get to, like, get a little bit further or distract them, you know. Like, every person was there, like, for a very specific reason, and they had a very specific strength to help either save themselves or save the next person. Which, going mm-hmm. back to, I loved... Because you didn't know who was going to get off. Yeah. You didn't know and who the victim was. And none of these people was. were shitty. None of them were shitty. No, they were all it. out to help each other. And you, you like, genuinely were kind of stoked for everybody to get out of there. Mm-hmm. But. I really wanted the guy to survive. You can't kill your wife off. <laughs> oh, Roscoe? Yeah, I really wanted him to survive. Yeah. He they- survived a lot longer than I imagined. Yeah. yeah. I like, though, like, it was, like, levels. Like, all right, sick head was like the first and then after that you had psycho and uh schizo head and then you had sex and death head and it was like like, finally yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and then finally it's just like they fucking call up doom head to seal the deal but they're like debating it for a little while they're like they're like hold on should we call this person like oh they don't always seal the deal i don't know if we should rely on well that's cool too because it it sets it up like i said like you could do more with it because it shows that they have more people like even though these killers got killed like they have more on deck that if he, Rob Zombie said fuck it we're gonna make a sequel like they could make it and then you have different totally killers different. that could come in yeah yeah. I just love that uh, Doomhead was like pretty much like the final mm-hmm. boss and they were like no we need we need someone like more reliable and to get the job done and then when he comes in and he's like first of all the fucking scene where he's fucking like the hooker or whatever yeah. <laughs> was hilarious he's watching Nosferatu yeah and then he's like she's like who is that and he's like Oh, that was Mr. None of your fucking business. And then he shows up, and, like, they're like, how much time do I have left? Because they're given 12 hours. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, four hours and 37 minutes. He's like, I could kill your whole family in that amount of time. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets in, and then we get that scene where he's putting on the makeup, and he's psyching himself up by breaking his fucking nose. He's just looking in the mirror. I'm not crazy. I'm in control. And then when he comes out, it's like he's he's mentally in the game. And he's like, gentlemen take the rest of the night off. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, here we go. Like, then, let's get, let's, let's go. He was so cool, too. Like, he's lost. just like, he's just like sitting up, he's like, talk, when he gives that speech uh, to Sherry Moon and Roscoe about, <clears throat> uh, like, war and how he's like, oh, I'm not a monster, like, I'm gonna let you mourn yeah. the what Like, even that yeah. was such a great, like, his character was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, man. I, I had this theory throughout, well, not a theory, but like, because they left the ending open-ended. Like, Sherry Moon's yeah. getting away, and, like, Doomhead... Because she survives the 12 hours just as Doomhead's about to kill her, and he was like, all right, well, I have to let you live. So she leaves, she's walking down the road, and he pulls the truck up, his truck up and, like, gets out, and she kind of, like, clenches her fist like she's going to hit him, and he smiles and pulls out his switchblades, and uh, it, it just ends. And it, I, it was, like, so bittersweet because it was such a fucking good ending, but... Yeah. As like I wanted to see you want what happened. Like I would, I think it would be cool if they did a sequel, and like Sherry Moon was one of the killers. Like if you yeah. sur- if yeah. you survive, you're strong enough to become one of them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking is going to happen because if you play pay really close attention, it's almost like he the way he's pointing the switchblades are not in the way I'm going to stab you, but almost like here take it in a way. Yeah. I just got that vibe, and and my mom was watching it with me last night because she's a big Rob Zombie fan, but she never saw this, and she was blown away by it, and uh, she was just like, oh, that fucking ending got me, though, and she was like, what do you think? And I was like, well, it could have either went two ways. Either they could have fought to the death, 
or Sherry Moon becomes the next head. Which I think... Or I th- Charlie. I don't know if he would have killed Sherry Moon at that point, because I, I feel like... I was waiting him, for him to offer her a ride. In, in, <laughs> the way, like, hop in. Yeah. The way I was looking at it is it's like... What satisfaction would he have from killing somebody so weak at that point? Because she looked like yeah. literally like any second she was going to pass out, and he doesn't seem like somebody who wants an unfair battle. You know what I mean? So I couldn't imagine that he actually would kill her at that point. So I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, he's probably also very angry that she got away because he was the one that's never, not. Never fucked it up, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for him to be the one that let them down is probably a pretty big deal. But he was called off. So well, I, I think don't it, know. yeah, like it and shows. There, I'm sure there's a contract or something. It shows how deep this is, though, because like they would have had no way to tell if he actually followed through and killed her. But like the second they're like, "Drop your weapons," he's like, "Fuck," and he just like walks away. Like he, if he was commit, like it shows that it's just a job. It's not like. He's fucking crazy. crazy. And they do yeah. it every year on Halloween. Yeah. That's what it has to do with Halloween, in, by the way. Yeah. The whole movie we didn't mention Halloween. It takes place on Halloween every yeah. year. Yep. Um, my biggest... my Not biggest, I want to know why they dress up in, like, the powdered wigs and the ball that, That's what I was going to say. My only complaint with it was that whole aspect, like... I guess it's supposed to be as if, like, rich people were going to the theater. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like a show. It's a show to them. Yeah, but but, it's like, like, kind I, of but I could see it being that. But then they had like the pentagrams, and then it was like. Here's the thing, though, and I thought that was interesting, though, is like they're all the same people. You know what I mean? They're all like lower class. Why not just like band together? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm talking about? So like, I don't know how to explain this. Like the the kidnapped and the killers. Yeah. Oh, against oh, yeah. the aristocratic against, exactly. People? Like, why not? Like, they're all like I th- the killers. I think they get they were paid getting paid for to it. do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's paid. why they did it. So I mean, they're making money. They're they're yeah, volunteering I mean, their services. It's like hitmen. Yeah, kinda. for entertainment. Yo, but I do want to talk about the fucking the two clown ones. What was it? Schizo and Psychohead. One of them. Consider yourself lucky. You just got fucked by the best. Yeah, they one were. One of uh, them sounded exactly like fucking. Uh, Bill Mosley. Yeah, the I, I want to say that I read that both of them were based on uh, Bill Mosley and Sid Haig. Like their characters were made to be that. Which I don't Definitely know why. I don't know it. why they didn't just have Bill Mosley and Sid Haig come in because it. They they came out and said that they weren't even like offered roles in the movie, but Rob Zombie based these characters like on them. Rob so Zombie's like, really making it a point to be. To separate it, separate from. it, but like then at that point, why is Sherry Moon in it? That's because yeah. that's because Sherry Moon's Bay. I feel like why. if Rob Zombie made a movie without Sherry Moon, though, it wouldn't be the same. Like, I don't I, either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have the trademark. Yeah, she's his trademark. Yeah, I love you, Sherry Moon. Sign into the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but no, overall, lucky though, Leo. <laughs> overall, though, like I. I really didn't have too much complaints. I thought it was a really unique idea and uh, well executed. I'd like, I want to see more from it. And I think it was a good way, like, this movie isn't held to as high a claim as House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects, but I think that it's on par with those movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do too. I, Definitely. I think, personally, I, and I love this movie, I think it's great, but I, I feel like the. Um, Storyline, I prefer in House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, to me, it's just more appealing. Um, but this movie technically is way better, like film-wise. 
and like I agree with that. I, I think that like by the it was technicalities, technicalities. I think that this movie is a better movie. No, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying like down to the filming, the yeah. quality, all of that. I'm saying that that this movie is a better film in that aspect. But I think that House of a Thousand Corpses has more has a, a more story. drawing storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This storyline is fan fucking tastic. It really is. Like watch thirty one. It's great. I'm not saying that it's not good. It's just like just a little bit higher is House of a Thousand Corpses, and yeah. I mean like a step. I'm not saying at the end of the day I'm going to say that they're even, they even out because of the yeah. You know they each have different qualities that yeah. make them. I like, agree with that statement. But I think, and this is just my my personal opinion, I think you feel that way about the storyline from A House of a Thousand Corpses because of Don't how even much bring it up Texas Chainsaw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? I, I agree with you, though. It was, I, House, I of Corpses, House of a Thousand Corpses is basically like Rob Zombie's love letter to... Yeah. To the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's if the way I was, if I was way gonna I make it. But it's, it's great. And it's, you know what I mean? It's not shitting on it at all. It's, and we all said how much we loved it. I mean, we literally had a fucking ridiculously long episode that talking was a really about the Firefly episode. Every time we have a Rob Zombie movie, we have a really great episode. He's like our luck charm. I am really disappointed that you didn't have a Freebird rant for this episode. <laughs> I was you waiting for one. You could do a one, Dream On by Aerosmith. Yeah, I could do Dream On. That, um, that end scene right there when he pulls up in that van and, and Dream On by Aerosmith is on. And you just see Sherry Moon walking down the street about to pass out. But she doesn't. Okay, okay. Don't. <laughs> um, the Freebird speech will go down in history. It's the best. The best ten minutes of horror haven you've ever listened to. I'm, uh... No, I'm glad that we waited, because this movie came out around when we were first, like, we're gonna, like, we Mm want to do the podcast, and we had planned to do the Rob Zombie episode, and originally for our, uh, when we did House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, we were also going to do 31, but I was like, it kind of doesn't fit. Like, I kind of want to focus, like, we wanted to focus on the Firefly story. So we were like, we'll save 31 for later. So this was actually our first time watching it because I was like, I want to have that one Rob Zombie movie that I hold off on for a little bit so that when we watch it for an episode, I can come in like, this is the first time I watched it and this is fucking good. I'm glad that... That you waited on this, like everybody else. You can waited watch it, on it too. But I'm right? glad that. Well, yeah, I haven't watched it. But, I, I waited but what I'm too, saying is, I think the reason, the the reason that that to me, I think it was important for Dylan to hold off on it was because Dylan wasn't the biggest Rob Zombie fan because of the some remakes that happened. <laughs> he was a little. He yeah. So he like so. Prior to us doing the Rob Zombie episode, when we talked about the Firefly family, family, Dylan's opinion on Rob Zombie movies was not extremely high. So after doing that episode, I think his opinion went up a bit. So that, and then after doing well, my like, experience with Rob Zombie was I never, I didn't watch House of a Thousand Corpses. Like I slept on it, and then I watched Devil's Rejects when it came out, and I was like, this isn't really like scary. This isn't horror. Like I couldn't get into it. And then I saw the Halloween remakes, and I was like, all right, I don't like this. And that like molded my opinion. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm not a big Rob Zombie so, fan. So then like, I, I went back afterwards and I watched House of a Thousand Corpses, and it's like this is fucking amazing. And then and that's when I yeah. we watched um, in an earlier episode, which we, I think we all agreed was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that slowly Dylan's opinion on Rob Zombie as a director has changed because initially I feel like it was more like should have stuck to music, Rob Zombie. But even that, like he's not. No, like, but I none mean, none of us really listen <laughs> to Rob Zombie. So like, no, I mean, I've, you I've, got Dracula, man. I've been a, I've been a Rob. 
like a fan of Rob Zombie since before we started the podcast. Like when this movie was like in talks to be released, I was already like. Yeah, on, I know, but board, like, but like your opinion on him like built up. Like it wasn't something that was there from the get go. I think we've you know? we've swayed you a little bit <laughs> higher in the Rob Zombie category. Peer pressure. I think, um, <laughs> hands down, I think he's the only like modern day director that I can be like he has perfected horror. He's done so good with it. Like. I'm I'm so over like the the all those fucking paranormal movies. CGI ghost like, movies. Like uh, what's his name? Wan guy. James Wan. James Wan. Go go somewhere else. Let Rob Zombie do the the hard work. Don't talk about James. No, Wan. No, I'm sorry. He all makes his some good movies. movies. No, no, he doesn't. What they're are you all, talking about? They're all ghost movies, and no, I'm sick of it. What? What other movies has he done? Saw. They're shitty. <laughs> <laughs> they are so bad. Yeah, but you like so, like half his movies. One, like one or two. The Conjuring. Yeah. Insidious. All right. Oh, what else is James Bond? I know he's done. More. Did he do Sinister? I don't think so. He did Dead a uh, Dead Silence. Dead Silence. I don't really like Dead Silence. See, like I just don't. I, they just like have All this like cartoony like. And I'm not just saying James Bond. I, uh, modern horror movies, as a general, like now, I feel like they have this like very cartoony, like not. Uh, it's it's so computer generated, you know. Like when you watch them, it's like uh, like it's just I, not yeah, there. Right. there. There's no grit. This there's is no why nothing. I think that so like, that Ugh. is. So <clears throat> I think that everything boils down to money. And making money. And I think that they rely on those because people genuinely, with the exception of, like, us and people who are really into horror, mm-hmm. are terrified by them because of the jump scares. Well, you know what, that's the I, thing they is buy that, into it. And, and I think that's what it is. I, I think that people want to be scared, but they want to be scared with what they're comfortable with. You know what I mean? Like, ghosts can be spooky, but it's not going to make you have bad dreams. You know what I mean? Like, people don't want to have nightmares, but they want to be scared for that moment. Right? Yeah. Like, no, does that I, yeah, make exactly. you, Do you understand what I'm saying? I like, get that. You, because, like, us, we're, we're into it. We're, we're, we're a little more desensitized. We, we're more in, interested in, like, that real horror, that, like, stuff that keeps you up at night. Whereas think, a lot of people, I think, they want to be... They want to feel that same feeling that we get, but they don't need such a big scale to get that. Well, exactly, scared, because scared we're desensitized, yeah. I think we do need a lot more than... I yeah. think where I think where Rob Zombie comes out ahead, too, he's is so like... He's so fucking good! He's really the... It's all in that beard. Yeah, the way you just said that, though. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking guy! <laughs> Don't make fun of me! I, I, I love you. Uh, I think where Rob Zombie comes out ahead, though, is he's really the only one like that I can think of that comes to mind that can make a movie about killers and make it scary like now yeah no, like there's no big like serial killers right now to where you're or movies where you're like that's truly fucking scary like it's that's why it's like it's all ghosts he, and he paranormal back, because that's know? what people find scary now and it's not like it does it brings it back to like 70s where you had a shift from like in the 70s you had a shift from like monster movies to like killers like that was the big thing and it was before it made the shift to comedy. And now it's like you have all these paranormal movies, but then you have that, like, the killers that are truly scary. And I think that's where Rob Zombie comes out. On top. I think the reason, too, Rob that Zombie that makes that, us. like, for us, and I've, I've said this a ton of times, but I like to bring it back up, is that 
when in the early days of horror society was so different that things like monsters were scary because Mm -hmm. they didn't know the fucked up shit that their neighbors were doing exactly Mm -hmm. and then you get in media changes a lot yeah and as we progressed as a society and you have your ted bundy's and your ed gein's for there's us, so much to draw inspiration from. Well, there's still there's still serial killers out there, but I think for us, like nowadays with forensics and stuff like that, you don't really have like you don't get people with 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 year long year long spans please, of that. Yeah, and I think that that's why Rob Zombie is is so interesting because he does he does the killers, but there's always more than one, mm-hmm. and. You know, like with the Firefly, I can't say that. Firefly. With the feedback, the Firefly family. Um, You're seeing like a whole family of deranged. And then with this, you have, they're not a family, but they have so many moving parts. And they're all fucked up in their own way. And it's just like, shows you what humans are capable of. And I think that that's what makes Rob Zombie such an awesome writer and director and that, in the horror genre. And that's what he aims for, too, like, in interviews. It's he, genuinely uncomfortable. He's, like, he, he draws his inspiration from real life. Like, from, like, real real happenings mm-hmm. and, the, and the gruesome, like, how gruesome humans can be. And I think that he does a, an amazing job of showing how fucked up humans can be, you know, and, and it's real and it's gritty and it's 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 truly scary and he's perfected it and like I'm a cheerleader for Rob Zombie. One hundred percent. Let's get into ratings. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Okay, I'll go first. You go first. Um as as you can tell I love this movie. I thought it was awesome. Um I there's very few things that I, there's I honestly there's nothing that I would really say was bad. Um, I think Rob Zombie did it again. He he killed it. He he made a very believable, scary movie that's truly scary. It's not something for you know not seasoned horror people. You know, like horror fans. Mm-hmm. It's I, and and I think that he kind of aims for that. Is he wants people who appreciate this genre to watch his stuff. Um. I'm going to give this movie an 8.8. 8. Okay. Steven. Okay. Uh, I I really uh, enjoyed this movie to the point where it's it's cool to hear everyone's uh, organic reaction since, like, this was their first time watching, whereas I've watched this movie with six different groups of people now, and uh, each time it's been fucking absolutely enjoyable. I think uh, Richard Brake um, stole the show with Doomhead, even though we weren't given like a real in-depth backstory uh, with, you know, Charlie and Roscoe and the rest of the group. You could still like relate and kind of get into them and get behind their characters. So I really think, um, you know, Rob Zombie just knocked it out of the park with this one. I think what he has with this movie is kind of like with Devil's Rod. Uh, yeah, sorry, House of a Thousand Corpses, where he could expand on it. And that that ending, you know, it's it's so open-ended, and I would really like to see a continuation. Um, and they could uh, introduce the other heads, you know, that weren't mentioned. I just would love to see them include Doomhead again and Charlie. So my rating for this is going to be... 
I'd say an 8.5. Okay. You're wrong. No, actually, <laughs> they just looked at me like I was supposed—I was supposed to yell at you, so I did. I. This is my first time watching it, like the rest of us, other than Stephen. <coughs> Making us look bad. Um. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan, movie-wise. Don't lie, you like Dracula. <laughs> We're not going to go there like about my psychedelic, about What is it? Psychedelic <laughs> new metal? You don't like to burn through the witches and <laughs> slam through the witches? Witches burn with the witches. I can't That's going to be, it. instead of our dun, theme song, dun, dun, we're going to put in Steven singing Dracula instead. Sorry, I was raised into Rob Zombie and White Zombie. You're good. I, I think he's such a talented uh, writer and director as far as his horror, and he's so strong with what he does, and he really brings it back to a time when horror was actually horror, and not CGI'd shit. Ghosts. Ghosts. Um, so I, I commend him for that, because I think that right now, where we're at with horror... They rely so much on the jump scares and stuff like that that it's very refreshing to see his stuff because it genuinely gets under your skin and it makes you uncomfortable and it makes you question like, okay, what kind of fucking weird shit are my neighbors doing? Like, the guy down the road, does he have a fucking shed full of bodies? Like My neighbor has a ton of cars. I sometimes wonder <laughs> what's in the trunk. <laughs> so, I mean, I just think that, and I've said it before and I've I just feel like any movie that does that is really what horror is about. It's about getting that reaction without having to have something jump out of a fucking closet. And I think it had the perfect amount of gore and just the right amount of nudity that you knew was a Rob Zombie and just the right amount of fucks and... It was a Rob Zombie movie. Like, you watched it, and even if you didn't know it, you were like, oh, okay, this Rob Zombie. We talked about his, his signature Yeah, it's his everything. signature. It is. And I just, I love that, because even switching it up and going from the Firefly family to this, it still is so right in your face, a Rob Zombie movie. And I, I love that. So for me, um, I'm going to give this, and 8.8. Woo! Alright. Dylan's gonna shit all over this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare yourself, boys. No, I really had little complaint. I didn't really like the whole, like, aristocratic Victorian thing, and I didn't... That's because they like those dolls that you don't like. I feel like the, uh... The introduction of the characters was kind of, like, recycled. Like, it was generic Rob Zombie... These are just vulgar, loud people. Let's kill them, guys. But, uh, no, I, I think that it was a very, a really unique idea. I think it was a great way to depart from the Firefly. Like, it was like a transition. Yeah, it was a great transition. And like I said before, like, it's not held as high as those movies, but I think that it's right on par with them. Um, I'd probably give this an 8.5. You agreed with Steven? You motherfucker! <laughs> Go marry Steven, then. That gives it an average of an 8.7, so... 8.7. We we won at the end of the day. It was I mean, fair. it was in the middle, so I, could, I don't really yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> so 
accident. During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about trick or treat. Can I talk about trick or treat? Sure can. As long as you're like serious. No, about I'm serious. Yeah. What year did it come out? Uh, Give me the 2007. All right. So, trick or treat is um, a horror anthology that's released in 2007. It was made by Michael Daughtry. Michael Daughtry. Thank you, Stephen. No problem. For doing your research because we didn't. <laughs> um, it is an interesting. Um, Anthology because the stories in some way all connect by the end of the movie, uh, whether it's connected through s- characters or stories. Um, but it follows; it takes place in one town, mm-hmm. um, and each it's it's on Halloween night, so it's pretty much showing what all these different people are doing on Halloween, and um, it's telling stories throughout. Um, I don't. I kind of think that like the best way to talk about the plotline of this movie is to. Just, talk about each segment. Just the yeah, like kind yeah. of just jump in and, so what, and talk. What's cool about this movie is every anthology that we've covered on the show so far, each segment is directed or like written by a different writer or director. This Michael Daughtry did all the segments. He made the entire movie. And now what's also really cool about this is all of these segments tie together, but they all have a different element of horror. Like, you have the werewolves, you have a killer, you have a ghost story. Like, it's all different kinds of But you of also have, like, the, like, candy thing, like, as, like, real horror. Yeah, yeah. Like, the poison candy and a kid dying because yeah. they ate poison You have candy. all of these different, like, types of horror, but they all blend together to make one story. So, I mean, it, it's definitely cool because it's, it like, like I said, like, it ties everything together, but... There's a little bit of everything in there for, like, anybody to enjoy. I think this movie is the movie that brought me back to anthologies. After we watched it, I couldn't get enough anthologies for a while. Um, but the first um, storyline is the couple, right, with mm-hmm. the robot, just like a robot. Yeah. Yeah. And they, like, the, the the girl or the wife or whatever doesn't seem to be so as into Halloween as her husband is. And it has... La, 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 la. <laughs> okay, um, so she ends up blowing out the jack o' lantern, which, if you watch the whole movie, that's a big thing that keeps coming up. Uh, I don't think it's in every segment, but it's in a couple of them, and it's uh, it keeps Sam away, which Sam is the cutest little killer I've ever seen. Well, it goes back to it because he is really Sam. Cute. I just want to hug him. Sam is Sam Hain, and the story behind Sam Hain, like the old folklore, is these. The jack o' lanterns would be left out to keep the spirits away, or mm-hmm. like yeah. the Sam Hain away. So it's cool that they have that where you know when the jack o' lanterns go out, that's he where can come Sam in and comes kill back. Him. Yeah, yeah. Which again, another thing that it adds in, it adds in the folklore of Halloween. Like it has, it's such a well thought out movie. It almost gives you like this feeling of being a kid. Like mm-hmm. okay, it's it's not a kid movie. Like don't watch it with kids, please. Don't do that. But. It kind of brings me back to like watching Goosebumps or or it is very much an adult version. Yeah, of that. yeah, like like it brings you back to like those little stories that you like that made you feel like it's Halloween. You know, like this is the season, it's here, 
and it, it gives you like that nostalgic feel even though it's not necessarily nostalgic to you it brings you back to that time in your life when you were excited for Halloween coming um, and then that's something that I absolutely love about this movie is it the best movie out there no but it is really cool it's really fun um, there's just some cheesiness to it and like there's some quirkiness to it that that might not be everybody's style um, but it definitely has a lot of really cool imagery and cinematography, especially the um, segment where they're with the kids on the bus. Yeah, we're, we're gonna. So they all talking about all the segments. There's the one with the dad who uh, poisons the kid with the candy bars. Yeah, he poisons the kid with the candy bars, burying him in the backyard. Fucked up. And he's the school principal. Yeah, and his son's, like, yelling. I fucking laugh every time. I've watched this movie 50 fucking times, and every time that little kid yells, Charlie Brown is an asshole, I lose my shit. But, um, yeah, so there's that. And then the kid keeps saying, like, oh, you have to help me carve the pumpkin. You have to help me, like, you have to help me with the eyes. And it turns out that they're carving this, like, kid's head, which... Cool little twist. Like, that brings, like, the, the yeah, serial you killer thought, story. Yeah, you thought that he was trying to hide that he was killing people from his son the whole time, but it turned out he wasn't trying to hide it from his son. Yeah. Then you have the story of, uh, these girls, uh, Anna Paquin, if you've seen True Blood, she, you'll know her. Um, she's trying to get this date for this party, and turns out they're werewolves, and she's... The girls are werewolves. Yeah, the girls are werewolves, and... Never touch a bitch. <laughs> and they like strip down and they do crazy dancing and they turn into werewolves and then and they eat fake And by Marilyn Manson plays in the background. I mean, Yo, that's I'm pretty, like a token. No, I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure song. if that song comes on anywhere, werewolves come out, strip their clothes, and start dancing and eating men. I'm pretty sure that happens anytime that you song plays. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson, Sweet Dreams cover made that scene. Made it, in my opinion. Like, but, it just made it that much fucking cooler. Like, when I first saw this movie and I was like, all right, like, what's going on with these, like, girls? Like, clearly could tell they're up to something. And then it's revealed it's Anna Paquin's character's first ever kill. And then, you know, like, it's revealed that, you know, she kills the principal to make yeah. her first kill or whatever. When they start turning and then Sweet Dreams comes on, like, it just added to the effect. And it was a fucking well done shot scene. Yeah, like, I, blew I, me away. I think the uh, the song really like it makes the scene like it, it it fits perfectly in the scene. But I think of all of the segments in this movie, that one's probably my least favorite. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, same. Feels but definitely... that, that scene though. Whoa. But yeah, that 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 song in that scene, yeah, it is like the perfect fit for it. It does it fit is. very well. It is, and it that is. song in like any movie is like perfect. Like it's also in um, House on Haunted Hill. It... I love that movie. But um. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it was cool, too, how they, they they showed him a few times during this segment, um, the, the principal, but he's, like, in a mask, and he has, like, a hood on, and he's, like, it makes it look like he's going to be a vampire. Yeah. And then, at the end, it reveals that... Um, it's just fake teeth, and he's it, just... It's fake teeth, yeah, and he's, like, ba- he's like begging for his life, and it's, mm-hmm. like, you fucker! <laughs> you motherfucker! You just killed somebody! Like, don't, don't even do that! That guy was everywhere that night. He really was. <laughs> um, the next segment, I, I think I'm talking about them in order. I, I always mix them up, but I'm pretty sure the next segment is the one with the kids on the school bus. Yeah, 
school bus massacre. And that is my favorite segment. Mm-hmm. It's honestly like the first time I watched this movie, that actually like kind of spooked me out a little bit. I won't lie. Like it's it's a creepy fucking story. Yeah. You got the kids with the uh, the old school Halloween mask. Yeah. Anything so, involving that though, just fucking the freaky. The story is just super. It's super sad, but it's super cool. It's like um, and and the cinematography in that specific segment is just very like, like, it's like. It looks like a memory. Yeah. Like when you watch it, like you feel it's like very, it's very um, nostalgic, aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's it's um like there's this bus driver and he's dri- he drives these kids to a far off school because they have mental problems. Whatever the parents are embarrassed of their children, they they pay for them to go to a far school. And what they end up paying the bus driver to to drive the bus to off drive the, the cliff, bus yeah. off the cliff. And kill the children because they don't want to deal with them anymore. So they say, like, this quarry's haunted by the the children. Yeah, and it's like... The, and the bus driver survived. This group of kids end up taking this girl out there who they think is, like, weird. Mm-hmm. And they take her out... She's to, my kind of person. They take her out there to... Yeah, that's literally fucking... Like, that's Sierra. <laughs> they, uh, they take the girl out to scare her, and they actually do end up scaring her really bad. And... Turns out the story's true, and these kids like climb out of this quarry and just so fucking creepy looking. Yeah, like really well done scene. And then uh, again, you got Sam chilling, watching the whole thing happen. Uh, Then the next scene isn't it the old guy? Yeah, it's this old guy. uh, He's the principal's neighbor, and you see him yelling at the principal. Earlier in the movie, when you, the principal is burying the kid's body in the backyard, so this is happening at the same time because this segment also shows when he goes out and yells at the principal. Yeah, so um, it's, it's happening at the same time as the guy's burying the body in his backyard. You have this old guy played by Brian Cox, and uh, he starts getting attacked by Sam. And he was the bus driver, wasn't he? That's the plot twist yeah. at the end. Yeah, Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, what a cool way to fucking tie that all together. Mm-hmm. Like such a yeah. cool thing. Don't so, you find out because there's like a picture? Yeah, yeah it's in the fireplace yeah, of the kids, the like oh the kids God. on the bus. The kid, dude, the clown costume was my fucking favorite. It was so creepy. Like, I don't like clowns, but I would like love to be that because I could get away with wearing it to like my job, and it being creepy, but not like purposely creepy. Just like old, like you know how old stuff is just weird and scary. Oh, vintage Halloweens are yeah. definitely creepy. But, like, like you know what I mean, though? I could totally wear it to my job without anybody being able to yell at me directly because it's not actually supposed to be scary. You also yeah. brought that up, too, though, that you're not really sure if, like, kids, like, Nora's age or, like, younger kids really even know what clowns are anymore. Yeah. I don't think they do. That's what I brought it up in the clowns episode because yeah. we were with Eli Roth's clown. It's like... Do like what kid these days is like? I want a clown birthday party and is not obsessed with clowns. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, yeah, no, like the the old guy he ends up getting um, attacked by Sam, and it's such a cool scene. Like Sam has like I love when he walks in the bedroom and there's like the jack o' lantern Mm -hmm. that's on fire and there's like the writing all over the walls, and yeah, he does. He ends up getting attacked by Sam, and he stabs the fuck out of him with lollipops. Well, did you also notice the candy bar um, with the razor blade in it? With the razor blade mm-hmm. was yeah. from the principal. It was the same exact candy bar when he took the candy from the principal. Oh shit! Yep, it does. It literally ties everything together. But um, yep. 
It does it well, though. The print, but the the old guy, like he's very much like against Halloween. Like anytime kids come knock on his door, he like fucking scares them or tells them to go away. And like after this happens, he's like handing all this candy out to these kids as they come. And then uh, to tie it all together, across the street at the end, because this is the final segment. Across the street is the couple from the beginning of the movie who the the girl gets killed because she blows the jack o' lantern out. So it really. Like I said, it does such a good fucking job of tying every story together, but making every story great. And when I watched this for the first time, I was like, I instantly got, like, comic book vibes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I instantly, like, I pulled my phone out and I Googled. I was like, it, please tell me that there's, it's like, a comic of base comic of this. Book. But it, I think that they made one, like, um, after, after the, the yeah after the release, but... If I, like, I didn't, like, first time I watched it, if I didn't know, I would think that this was, like, based off comics, sort of like Tales from the Crypt Mm -hmm. or, like, something along those lines. Creep showy. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah, what I love, too, also, is, like, Sam is literally the spirit of Halloween. Yeah. And, like, no matter what segment it is in, he's always there, as, whether he's in the background or he's part of the main segment. Like, you know, um, because this film really does focus on the whole lore of Halloween, which is something I love. Like, I love old traditions, and they do a great job of uh, really focusing on that and having Sam be the glue to all the segments. Because, in my opinion, like like you said, Dylan, he's Sam Han. He is the spirit of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And that's why when people celebrate and keep the tradition, they're unharmed. I like that they didn't turn him into, like, some big fucking monster. Yeah. He's like that a they, little... That it's a it's chi- like a trick it's or treater. like a child, yeah. Like, and it's it's this small, like, little, I mean, like, I think ethereal it makes creature sense. sort of thing. It and makes sense for him to look like that, though, because if you saw him, you wouldn't be... Frightened. Frightened. You'd yeah. be, oh, Intrigued or... Boy. You, you'd want to go up and like check on him or something like that. Like, I'd want to hug him. Learn. I I just like what they what they did with that. Like I feel like there were so many different ways that they could have gone, and I think that by not making him into this like big fucking <gasps> beast, they were able to like tuck him into each segment and do it where like Stephen touched on. You know, sometimes he's right up front. Sometimes he's in the background, and I don't think it would have had the same effect had it been anything other than, like, this childlike creature. Creature, But it doesn't take away from the fear factor on He's that. got a really big head. Yeah, have you ever seen my brother's baby pictures? <laughs> Looks like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> I love, uh, so I love too, that. that this movie, like, that I know that they've said that they're working on a sequel. They've been saying it since... Pretty much since this movie came out, I don't um, think I would. A- I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel, uh, especially since Michael Daughtry is the one making it. I don't think that it needs one. No, but it's not something that I would like. Mm. Be like, I would roll my eyes and be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, it, I, I, I would watch it, and I could see it potentially being good. Um, but what I think is cool about it is this is like a one, one movie thing, and Sam has become like such an iconic character. Yeah. Without it having to be a series. Without it being a series, yeah. Like, you have, like, each decade has... It's monsters. It's monsters. The 70s was Michael Myers and Leatherface. 80s, Freddy Krueger and Jason. 90s, uh, I'd say Chucky and... Scream. 
yeah, Ghost Space, uh, the 2000s, I would say Captain Spaulding, Jigsaw, Jigsaw, and Sam. And it's not even like Sam is a slasher or a killer in any way, but he is this iconic He's almost like a guardian just to make sure everything plays out how he wants it to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that sounds kind of silly, I guess, but... Very, like, it's it's a spirit. Like, if you think about it, like, when you think of spirits, you think of something that's, like, looking over us, Mm -hmm. or whether good or bad, it's, it's there, and why you can't always, like physically see it see that's the thing is that you always have this feeling and i think that he he they portray that well with him like it's he's very much like a spirit like he's Mm -hmm. there but not necessarily like interacted with or Mm -hmm. paid attention to and i I think that's a really cool thing that they did with it i also don't think that sam i don't think that sam is the bad guy like i don't think there really is a Necessary bad guy. I don't think there's a bad guy in this either. The bus driver. He's the only one. Yeah, he's the only one. I think when the parents. I think what brings it to like you saying that it's this nostalgic thing without it being like any specific memory is that like the whole theme of the movie was like don't lose the spirit of Halloween, and it's something that like you you see this spirit of Halloween. You ask you have you see this like like this the couple in the beginning the girls like I fuck Halloween and she gets killed that's and then you have the old guy who is, like, you know, not, humbug. I'm not handing out candy. Yeah, and, no. He, he gets off. Yeah. <laughs> not bitch, you're handing out candy. Don't I, put razor blades in your candy, Sam. We'll get you. I think that's where that all I, It was, like, into. almost like he's. he I feel like he's protecting children. Who, Sam? Yeah. He's protecting... In a he, he, he's, no, he really is, because he... he like, I feel like everything goes back to the children, whether it was poisoning candy, the, the bus driver, all that. Like, in, in a way, it's like everything plays out to protect children. I don't know about that. I don't that know. or protecting the customs and spirits of Halloween, yeah, which I think we already established. But how about the kids coming back for the bus driver? How awesome that was. Yeah, at the end of the movie, they mm-hmm. knock on the door and he opens the Oh, that was great. Door. Yeah. And like I said, like, the... I've said it, like, 20 times in the last, like, fucking 15 minutes, but I'll say it once more. Like, the way everything ties together is so fucking good. <laughs> they did yeah. a very good job of executing an anthology. They did. Absolutely. And it's it's really built up to be, like, a, a great, like, cult film. And to me, this has now become, like, it's now, the movie's now 10 years old. I consider it, a, a, like, a Halloween classic that you could watch, like, any Halloween yeah, or every like once like a year. October, yeah. At least once a year. <laughs> I think this is yeah. the first time that yeah. we actually watch it in October. Yeah, we usually just ran, like, we'll randomly be like, you know what, let's watch Trick or Treat. It'll be like July. <laughs> yeah, we always watch it like Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. But but it's nice to see a modern day, like, movie become like a Halloween classic, you know what I mean? Or like a tradition, even. Like, yeah. You'd watch this movie like you would watch Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Yeah. Or Krampus. <laughs> I think Krampus is the only one that I actually watched during its correct holiday the first time. Like, yeah. we watched Krampus we watched, together. I think we watched it Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's Krampus and then Star Wars. Yeah, that's the rule. Star Wars is the, Chris- the new Christmas, Christmas tradition. tradition. <laughs> this is yeah. going to be our third year running. All right, let's get into ratings for this. Breaking traditions. Who went for it? You went first. Yeah, sure. I was yeah. going to rap, but I can't rap. Yeah, stop grabbing the money. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I really like this movie. I think it's it's... You've only got one chance. Do not miss your I'm chance. I'm choking. 
Um, no, I do. I, I enjoy this movie. Uh, like I said, I think it's very nostalgic. Um, uh, it's not... It's really enjoyable. Like, it's really fun to watch, but, like, quality-wise, I wouldn't say it's, like, the best horror movie, and it's not super scary. It's more fun. You know, it has more of, a, like, a, a fun Halloween vibe than, like, a, a scary horror vibe for me. Um, but I'd still give it, like, a seven. Seven. A seven. seven. Brutal. Steven. Brutal? I've grown to love this movie. Uh, definitely a watch every October. Like, it does a wonderful job of capturing what Halloween is all about. Like, it, it, it executes it flawlessly. And I just love how everything is tied in in some way, shape, or form. And Sam is like that glue and almost represented as the spirit of Halloween. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, another 8.5. All right. You're feeling the 8.5s today. Yeah. Erica. So... Um, I'm a big fan of anthologies. I like them because I like seeing how they connect everything. It's like a movie puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing um, like the little quirky things that they pull from each one. And how, you know, it might be like a major thing in one part and then a little thing in the background on another. And I just, I like stuff like that. I mean, it it really pushes you to pay attention to what you're watching and pick up on those things and uh like we touched base on i i like sam i like that he's a child if you would whether he is or not i mean he's a spirit obviously but i like that i think it works um i like the way that it was filmed in general like it's it's very appealing visually it's not the best i've ever seen um but it works i mean everything about it is not over the top and not like the best I've ever seen but it's not the worst either it's very like a middle ground film for me so it's it's definitely something to watch if you haven't seen it um I agree that it is iconic and I agree that Sam is definitely made his way into the iconic horror villains if you would but it's not really like my favorite, not like something I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a. What'd you give it? Seven. Just seven one. Ooh. This way, I'm not a total <laughs> shit back. <laughs> uh, I like this movie. I like that it's. Be- it's a ten for Dylan. No. No. <laughs> I like that it's become like Blair a Blair Witch. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> ten, ten, ten. Blair Witch. Book of Shadows. Ten. You shut your mouth. He's <laughs> either Leatherface. Leather <laughs> no. um, that movie deserves a ten. That's the difference. I like this movie. I like that it's become like a tradition to watch every year. But it's not something that I could watch. Like even now, I think we watched it. Like I want to say in like June or July, and like it. It, it really killed soon. me. It, yeah, it, it's something I gotta really get on the bandwagon of just watching it once a year because watching it too close together, it's it doesn't have a lot of rewatchability. Back back to back, but I mean, I think it's very well done. Uh, the story's great. The way I really don't have any complaints about the movie itself. Um, I I think I'd give it like an eight point two. I really did. I really rate it that low. 
I feel like you rated it lower than I was expecting, but seven's still pretty high. Okay. It gives an average of a 7.7. That's a really good rating. Yeah. 7.7 on our Horror Haven scale. Check it out. We did it, boys. Before Halloween. That doesn't give you much time. Watch it, watch All it, right. watch it, watch it, watch it. All right, All that's right. going to wrap it up for our double feature on 31 and Trick or Treat. Uh, tune in on Halloween. For a bonus episode. Yeah, we're going to be covering... Halloween. Halloween from, <laughs> from 1978. So uh, tune into that. Also be sure to check out our latest Artist Spotlight episode with John Huber. Super cool guy. We had a great time talking to him. Um, it's basically like a two-in-one episode because you get an Artist Spotlight, but you also get like... Exorcist. An actual episode in there. It, we had a lot of fun doing it, so check that he out. He literally like knew everything about the Exorcist. <laughs> he's fucking super cool dude. Does not describe him. He's fucking cool. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Horror Haven Podcast, on Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast, and check out our website at HorrorHavenMedia.com. Thanks for listening. And rate, re- uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah. There you go. I always forget to throw and that Steven, in. And Steven, don't forget to tell Chunky Larry how comfortable your chair is this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chunky Larry, you and I are unfitness business, sir. <laughs> We'll meet on the episode of Doctor, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. There you go. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that face-off. I'm coming for you. All right. Have a good night, guys.